Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Charles Booth writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. This is the voice of the people's champ. That is Jeremy Gillen coming to you on a wonderful Friday afternoon. I mean, right now, about 50 and sunny here in Lubbock, Texas. High of 66. Great day for Big 12 Indoor Track and Field Championships. That's right. Conference uh, conference finale is here. We've got the fabled Big 12 uh, championship here in Lubbock, Texas. Of course, everybody wants to come here to run. We have some of the best facilities in the nation, of course, uh, but your men and women's track and field teams have been doing superb here in the indoor season. Your men are currently ranked number two, just got bumped down behind Northern Arizona, but who cares? Um, your women are ranked uh, fifth currently, so you have two top five uh, track and field programs. Once again, Coach Wes Kitley doing the thing that he does best, and that's coaching elite runners uh, into elite status, and so Two-day event uh, happening today and tomorrow. We'll get crowned tomorrow evening as the Big 12 champs. I am sure um, both men and women are performing uh, tremendously. Now, on the men's side, let's definitely say that uh, we are a top contender for the title. I I think, you know, the women do have a chance. It's going to be a little bit more of an uphill battle with some of the competition over on that side of things. But on the men's side of things, sprint events are ours. Uh... Obviously, that's led by Terrence Jones, who is the defending 600-meter champion, and the same while holds the uh, record for that same event. So going down the line, I mean, your sprinters are some of the best in the nation. There's five total, uh, including Terrence Jones, 60-meter contenders in that top 15 number. Um, Of those, you've got Jones and Sean Brown have both run top 11 200-meter times as well. Um, but in the 600-meter hurdles, Caleb Dean will be the favorite in that event. Of course, he's been shown out this season. And Antoine Andrews uh, is going to probably make some noise today, too. Uh, and once you add in probably 400-meter runner, Shamir Uter, uh, Red Raiders, I mean, we could really load up points on the sprint events during this season. But I will say it takes a village to win a Big 12 championship. And right now... Um, Outside of the sprint events, you can certainly look towards high jumpers, Kathy McDonald, uh, Oma Ahire. They both cleared uh, 2.2 meters this season, which is a really big deal. I probably have a vertical of 5 inches. So if you think about 2.2 meters versus 5 inches, these guys are studs. Um, If both of them, plus, of course, the mile relay, which is the kind of show pony of any track and field event, if we can finish like top 10 in those two events uh, with you know um, getting all the points from that collective uh, bunch plus the sprinting prowess that we do have, you, you set yourself in a really good position to win. Obviously, you're going to win the Big 12 championship that way. Um, but continuing to kind of push on those margins, have a really good chance of winning a national title. How cool would that be? Another track and field national title would be um, just chef's kiss, chef's kiss. Like I said, on the women's side, you've got a lot of great athletes on that team. Um, there's going to be a lot of uphill battle with some of the other teams in our conference, especially. Uh, but 
definitely nationally. Um, so just keep an eye on the Big 12 Championship this week, and that's today and tomorrow. Uh, let's go ahead and get a little bit of a recap on what's been going on in Lady Randerland. We talked a little bit about the basketball program on the episode um, that came out earlier this week. We were saying that the team is just on a downward spiral. We're not looking good. We're not looking competitive. We've had uh, seemingly blowout losses um, against teams, you know, against good teams like Baylor, and then just demoralizing, really difficult losses against teams like UCF, Oklahoma State, uh, Cincinnati especially was a blowout. Uh, And this team is just not looking good. And I am ready to say that we were half right. Uh, Because... Texas Tech played Texas, number five Texas, Wednesday on the 21st. Uh, and let me tell you, watching this game, so we had beaten TCU the night before. I got, I was able to go to that game. We beat TCU the night before the men did on a very late game showing. Um, that one was stressful because we allowed TCU to get ahead and just couldn't. Uh, it was like, we're sticking around, but I don't think we're going to pull this one out. The Lady Raiders, let me tell you, resiliency. Now, the Lady Raiders were down 11, 11 to 2, really kind of midway through the first. And I, like most, were looking at this. Well, okay, here's the old Ryman meter. We're going down early. Um, you know, this is a number five Texas team. It's a really good Texas team. We're going down. We're getting a, a, a there's a big margin here. Um, we're not going to be able to fight back. But since then, uh, from that moment forward, you had an electric, I think you had one of your best games of the season. And again, and I'm speaking in the way like, in the way that Texas Tech men's lost to Butler, uh, I would say that was a very program-defining game in the season. Now, of course, you want to have that at the beginning of a season and not at the end. But with the string of losses that the Lady Raiders have been going through, for them to take on a team uh, like number 5 Texas all the way down to the end, uh, and keep them stressing, and actually give yourself an opportunity to win the game. This was a complete 180 from what we've been seeing for the past couple of weeks. Like I said, you were down 11 to two, uh, and then it just really kind of started taking. Okay, Bailey Maupin got in that three point, uh, and then from there on out, you were neck and neck with Texas for the whole game. I'd say there was a little point uh, in the second you actually get ahead, and they respond really well. But you're right back in it, like at the half. You're only down four points. It was uh, 35-31 at the half, and you felt really good. Why? Because your players are, your shooters are shooting, and your players are playing well. So some highlights, um, actually I'll get the highlights here at the end. You come out of the second half, and you have to answer, right? You have to respond. Now you're down four points. Texas kind of starts to get a little bit of a a breather there. They pushed up to 38-31, but Jada win, three-pointer. Right, 38-34, okay? And then we get uh, the M1, 38-35. And you just keep fighting. This team showed fight that has been missing the past couple of games. And right before the fourth, you actually get ahead again, uh, about 30 or so. Uh, Right at the end of that third quarter, you're up 50-49. to And you end in a tremendous quarter where you outscored Texas uh, for the first time in the night, 19-17 to in that third quarter. And it puts you in a position that you're only down two points with one quarter to go. Okay. Texas Tech women have had a difficult go. And the fourth quarter has been night and day in some games, where in some games you're really close. Well, actually, I think it's actually very prescribed. In the games where the Lady Raiders have been close, they have fell apart in the fourth quarter. 
and games where Lady Raiders have had to claw back from a massive deficit, the fourth quarter has tended to be the most productive quarter. Like, okay, it looks like we're fighting back, and if we had had this fight all game, we would have been in it, or if not, if even if winning it. So this game broke the mold in a lot of ways, in which the Lady Raiders got down early, but they fought back early. And at the half, you're only down by four or whatever. And you keep fighting. And you're close in the end of the third, but instead of just like letting it go off the hinges, you're fighting. You're fighting the whole way. Um, all the way up until the end, right? You have you get into the point of the game, which it felt like it's been a long time since we've done this. But, you know, Jazz Shavers hits a three, 65-71, and then basically you're in the uh, free throw territory. You're fouling to get free throws, and at that point it was just, um, you know, Texas just uh, capitalizing on their possessions, getting the points when they had to get points. Texas survives this game. Texas doesn't, I mean, they win this game, but they survive this game. Um, Vic Schaefer is sweating in his slacks on the sideline because Coach Gerlich had this team fired up, right? You're shooting really well all game, 45% by the end of it. You're shooting nearly half, uh, 50 from three. It, the important part here is, though, your perimeter defense is probably some of the best it's been all season, and you kept Texas from kind of getting any kind of rhythm from three. They end up only making three of 12 attempts, and you're like 20 or 12 for 23 or, 20, uh, excuse me, 12 for like 24 or whatever it was, um, 12 or 25. And so you're shooting really well. You're keeping your opponent from shooting really well. Um, your turnovers are negligible because you both cause 15 turnovers, which is way too many turnovers. But if you're going to produce a lot, if you're going to have a lot of turnovers, best thing you can do is to produce a lot of turnovers. So turnovers were null. Um, you do get out rebounded, but it never felt like it was a problem. Uh, you had a lot of scoring power in the possessions that you had that you really just haven't had all season, right? So leading the charge, Jazz Shavers is just really, really the leader of this team right now. I know that coming off of the offseason, we were all looking at Bailey Maupin to be that one and all, kind of like, let's let's run it through Maupin. And as a facilitator point, yes, Maupin is like the perfect guard to be pushing the ball through because she has really good passing vision when um, when she's on, she's on, right? So four assists in this game. Um, Jazz Shaver's only one. But Jazz, 27 points, right? She was playing, uh, she was on fire from three, four, seven, 10 or 19 from the field. Uh, making all her free throws is super important. Um, just played an electric game, right? Right behind her, Bailey Maupin. So two of eight from three, which not the not the three point percentage you want, but like it's not like she was playing poorly, right? She got 22 points, nine field goals. Um, she was facilitating really well. Like I said, she was creating a lot of opportunities, second chance opportunities. Um, even though she did have five turnovers on her own, like like Jazz Shavers had four. Sometimes when you just give your ball your ballers. Uh, a run with the ball. Like if you give your balls a run with possession, it just happens. So turnovers aside, right, you had a really decent game from people like Jada Wynn had really impressive. Jada Wynn on the stat sheet really isn't going to blow you away. The thing that she did best is that she took good shots. We were talking about on the UCF podcast. We were on the live show last night. We talked about how Darian Williams is a coach's dream because he doesn't take a lot of risky shots. He doesn't take make a lot of risky moves does what he needs to to support the team and that's what Jada Wynn did this game so excellently is that she took smart shots and she facilitated the way that she could um probably your biggest disappointment in this game is gonna be Logan Johnson she had a lot of burn in this game no 28 minutes 
on the court, uh, but didn't hit uh, didn't hit a single shot. Um, zero for six, didn't take a three, uh, didn't get either of her free throws. And even though, yeah, we got four rebounds in the night, we did have four personal fouls. So, you know, you give and you take. Some people had really good nights, some people didn't have good nights. And I think that with that, with the injuries that you've experienced in this season, with the loss after loss after loss after loss, you put Texas in a really tough bind. Um, you put Texas in a position where, like, you guys got to earn it. I mean, five in the nation, like, you have to prove it to us. Even though we're Texas Tech, you got to prove it to us. And so I think Coach Gerlich did an excellent job at addressing whatever it was with the past couple of games and saying, you know what, here's what we're going to do to change this. Um, let's go after it. And that energy, it was so palpable on the sidelines. You could see all of the coaches getting super excited, super hyped. The team was into it. Like this team is still a cohesive unit. Um, so for all the Gerlich naysayers, like you, you back off, just back off. Like you don't know what you're talking about. You're not watching Lady Raider basketball because even though in the midst of this like multi-game loss, in the midst of what's now a six-game skid, these players are excited to play for Coach Gerlich. And I think that's the kind of like social credit, that, that intrinsic, uh, intangible even value for a team. You need a coach that you're willing to play for. So Texas Tech Lady Raiders moved to 16-12 and 12 on the season, 5-10 and 10 in conference. You got three more ahead of it, uh, Cincinnati, at TCU, and then, of course, back at home for a big home finish against number 10, Kansas State. Um, There's a lot of ball ahead of you, and I think there's the met the, like, the mission going forward should be how do we improve our game uh, in the small ways? Like, whatever we did for Texas, whatever was working for Texas, hone in on that, right? Go out and try to get one more win, maybe even steal two, Um and if one more win is just Kansas State at the end of the season, that's a win for me. I think that's a huge improvement. Uh, I'm always going to say, you know, top 25 wins, can't shrug at them. I think you're doing really well as a program if you get top 25 wins, home or away, especially away, but uh, home for sure. Um, but I think you're good enough to get past Cincinnati. I said it earlier this season. Um, you're, you're good enough to get past Cincinnati. I mean, given some retribution, you lost 74 to 56. Get back at them. Um, TCU is not a team that's out of your like out of the realm of possibility. Uh, you haven't, uh, excuse me, you won uh, at home 71-65. It was a close one, but Shavers and Maupin showed up, so you got to have that happen again on the road, okay? And if it doesn't, then you get to come home to the friendly confines of Lubbock, Texas, for your last for the last game of the season. It gets to be at home against a top ten opponent. This team is on the right track. If and that's one of those like big asterisks if they play their game like they played against Texas, right? If the team that plays against Texas shows up in all of the games that we've had this year, this season looks dramatically different. And the prediction that Albert and I had much earlier in the season in conference play, uh, right before conference play, is that this is a tournament team. Uh, because the team that played against Texas is the team that we had at the beginning of the season. That's a tournament team, one that is cohesive, one that knows their roles, uh, one that goes out, has fun, and plays for their coach. That's the team that's the tournament team. The one that has kind of appeared from Cincinnati after the beatdown at Cincinnati that kind of disappeared against West Virginia, disappeared against UCF, disappeared against Oklahoma State, and then just was non-existent against Baylor. Um, that's a team that, like, Red Raider fans, Lady Raider fans, just we, we don't want to see anymore. Like, we don't want 
we don't want that lack of energy. We don't want that lack of enthusiasm for the sport and for the school, for the brand, right? Um, so I think that this Texas game, albeit a loss, losing five points um, to the number five team in the nation and the not fluke, not like, oh, we just kind of made it up at the end. It was neck and neck the whole way. This is a, a culture-setting game, right? It's not a win, but it's a culture-setting game in which you can look at that and say, hey, we were right there with them. Let's carry that energy and let's go kick Cincinnati's ass, right? So that's the dream. So, uh, yeah, Lady Raiders all 16 and 12, 5 and 10 on the season. Um, firmly believe they can get one or two here if they continue to play like they did against Texas. But that's all we have to say about the Lady Raiders right now. Three games left on the season. Uh, WINIT certainly within view. But there are other sports going on. So let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about this Texas Tech softball team. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Texas Tech softball. We are in the second year of Coach Snyder, Coach Craig Snyder's move from AM to Texas Tech. Um, record breaking inaugural season for Coach Snyder. Uh, and we kind of previewed the team, we previewed like, you know, a little bit of the softball team a um, week ago, two weeks ago. And we're, we're well underway getting through the kind of um, invitationals and stuff uh, and seeing this team in action against some quality opponents. We'll talk about that in a second, but Coach Schneider here in his second year as the coach of the Texas Tech softball team in the first season. I mean, we saw you have this team has been kind of uh, this team is uh, a lot has happened. I'll put it that way. A lot has happened in the past five years for Texas Tech softball. A lot of turnover, a lot of wishy washy. I don't know what we're going to do with this program. Um, kind of going under the radar too, especially as what can be seen by a lot of pundits a lot of like students a lot of people that softball is not like this main focus right but for coach schneider it's the main focus and in his first season you've got an immediate change with a lot of power at the plate right the hitting is dramatically different probably one of the best offensive minds in the season we broke the single season home run record uh with 74 home runs last season and we also set the single season program record for doubles with 93 uh and the single season slug slugging percentage Ooh, excuse me. So 93 doubles in the season, uh, which is a against single season program record. And then uh, the average, the batting average was above 500, 543, um, which is against single season uh, percentage record. It just, it, it, all three of these records were standing for at least a decade. And Coach Schneider came in and said, we're going to do this differently. We're going to become a powerful hitting team and implemented it. You know, good training, good coaching, implemented it. And we kind of finished excuse me, we finished the regular season ranked seventh nationally in doubles, eighth in home runs, 11th in um, percentage, uh, 24th in scoring, and let me scroll down here, 29th in battering average. So you're a top 30 team overall in those in those categories. An impressive jump from just the year before uh, when you were doing not so well um, in a lot of these categories. And this it, it goes to show what, like, 
good coaching can do in a short amount of time, right? So you, he, I mean, he brought in a couple of really big impacts. Uh, Mackenzie Herzog, uh, she, she came from Texas A&M, I think. She was at the top of the batting order, right? Big hitter that he had been ready, uh, been used, used to. Um, and then also, also we had Kaylee Wackoff, massive recruit. You may have heard the name before. Um, became a well-known name against kind of the toughest uh, across our conf- or what could be considered the toughest softball conference in, in the country, and that's mostly held up by <laughs> Oklahoma and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas. Uh, but it's a tough, it's a tough game, but all the same. Wyckoff, of course, became the Big Twelve Freshman of the Year, um, second individual conference award in program history. So this team picked sixth or seventh, I can't remember, uh, in the Big Twelve season preseason poll has been having a good go of it. Right, seven and three in the season so far, um, two and one away, five and two neutral. Running through the schedule so far, we opened up against Florida A&M University on February 9th. 11-1 victory, right? Amazing. Then you hit it back again, the doubleheader. 11-1 the first game, and then you win against them again, 9-2 um, at 4 o'clock. So you had a 2 o'clock opener, you beat them, you smack them down, and then you beat them again right after. Those doubleheaders are not easy, especially after you played a long and a fruitful game like that. But two wins there, and then you wake up the next morning, 9 a.m. game, listen. Ain't nobody want to get up at 9 a.m. and play sports. Um, <laughs> not competitively. Like, give these people some rest. But you play RV Charlotte uh, and you lose 0-2, uh, but that didn't matter. You know why? Because you got some, you got that IE system. You got the you, you got the jitters out, right? You got, the, you got the sleepies off. You got the jitters out being this tournament. You played number four, Florida State. This was the big ticket item. This is what everybody wanted to see for the Red Raiders. Um, it, Big 12 softball wanted to watch this because Florida State is a, one of the premier softball programs right now. They've got a lot of good players around. They've got a really good coach. Everything is going right for Florida State, and they think that you know this might be the year where we can really contend um, to host that at the end of the host host trophy at the end of the year. So. All eyes on Tallahassee, Florida. Joanne Graff Field. Texas Tech, lowly Texas Tech, comes out against Florida State. And you know what? It was all Texas Tech at the beginning. First inning, two. Two runs in. Um, <clears throat> Florida State couldn't get a run until the third. Um, it was neck and neck. Two and two at the three. Florida State has a beaming um, fourth bottom of the fourth where they get four runs to our one. So at this point... It's three, you know, Texas Tech three, Florida State six uh, at the top of the five. And you think, damn, like we, well, we, we, we tried. We, we punched them in the mouth early, but we really just couldn't sustain it. Florida State's a good program. No big deal. Let's just, let's play our game and do what we can do. Well, let me tell you something. Us playing our game is, is a hell of a game because at the top of the fifth, your bats were as hot <clears throat> as they have ever been against a good team like this. Five runs. Five runs in the top of the five. Five by five, I call that. Give me the five by five because you got you got hot and you kept hot. And so you went from being three to six, and now all of a sudden you're eight to six. Um, so I think that there was a really powerful uh, move here, and it all starts with a Carson uh, Armio uh, sack fly to right field. Um, that's that brought in Demi Elder and also moved Logan Hellman uh, up to third, which that made it four to six. Uh, Kitty Wyckoff reached out on an error to by first base. She gets to actually go to second, uh, and then so that brought in Hallman. So that's five six, and then of course you have Dee McClarity single to the left field, which brought in Kylie Wyckoff. And guess what? Yeah, girl. 
uh, Riley Love came up and she said, you know what? I'm going to make this a little more exciting. So Homer, uh, double RBI, uh, you bring in, um, Riley Love, of course, comes in, but then you bring in um, JC Hamlin, excuse me, and then all of a sudden, again, it's eight to six. So you're moving into the sixth inning. And remember, there's only seven innings in softball. So you're moving into the sixth inning. <clears throat> you're up eight to six, and it feels all Texas Tech, baby. And when you keep, now you don't get any runs in the sixth, um, Florida State actually, excuse me, let me correct myself. It was eight to seven in the sixth because um, Aiden Ross for Florida State got one at the bottom of the fifth. So eight to eight to seven, excuse me. So eight to seven in the sixth, no scores for either team, and you open up and you say, you know what, um, we can we can grit this thing out. You don't, unfortunately, even though you have a pretty good setup in the seventh, you, you don't get anything, and then you leave it to Florida State. Now at this point, I think your defense have been playing very well. You've been having, you had good pitching uh, from. Maddie Wright opens up the pitching. Um, she pitched for I don't know about two, two and a half innings or whatever it was, and then you had Olivia Rains come on to seemingly be a relief, uh, but the relief didn't be wasn't relieving at all because Florida State actually ends up getting um, two really big uh, singles, and um, yeah, that's how they moved up and won the game nine to eight. But you had eleven hits, only one error on the day. Uh, whereas Florida State only had nine hits, two errors. I think you played really well against Florida State. It was a game that you could have won. I'm not in the habit of saying you should have won something like this, but you definitely could have won it. And it puts Texas Tech on the map, right? You've got teams watching this Florida State. They're watching Florida State is what they're doing, but they're seeing Texas Tech play Florida State really well, right? Nobody's going to look at a team that scores uh, eight or nine in a loss and say, you know what, that's not that good. Um, it takes a lot to score on teams that are good. It takes a lot to score on teams that have good pitching, especially even better fielding. So uh, an eight to nine loss. It's a loss all the same, but you lost on the road and you, you made Florida State sweat there at the end. You made them perform uh, and rise to kind of that pedigree to get that win at the end. But definitely a culture-setting win for the softball team, which then they responded to RB Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, you know, later in that, uh, excuse me, the next morning, uh, and said, Hey, another 9am game. You ain't getting me this time. We lost two zero two last time. We're going to win two one this time. So RB Charlotte, um, sneaky good, but getting that, you know, splitting that series with them. And then we moved to the Texas state tournament, which is where we played, um, Sam Houston. We won that four, two university of Tulsa. We won that three, two. Uh, Texas State. Uh, the first game we won 4-1. Then we played University of Northern Colorado. T um, we won that 10-9. And then that doubleheader, uh, we played Texas State again. But we lost that 1-1-8. Um, which, you know, you're just gassed at the, end of a, at the end of a tournament there. And that's fine, you know. Uh, you can't win them all. And certainly not whenever you're playing back-to-back -back like that uh, in, in a weekend. So, now we have the North Texas tournament, which is going on now. Texas Tech currently playing um, Stephen F. Austin. And actually, that just finished up. We just finished. Uh, it's a 4-0 win, 4-0 win for Texas Tech over SFA. Um, pitching for Texas Tech, Matty Wright looks like. Let's check out the batting order here. Looks like Abby Oric got you. Oh, she went 3-for-3 three three today. She got one. RBI, Katie Wyckoff, two of three on batting. Uh, Ariana Villa, one, uh, one of two. And then um, Baratza, one of one. Looks like 
just a really good general day. There's really no other stats on this. Man, I hate whenever they give you a very simple stat sheet. And okay, cool. Thank you. We won 4 0. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, it looks like Maddie Wright pitched the entire game. Wow, seven innings, um, only two hits, no runs conceded, of course. Seven strikeouts, good for her. Um, just a good day for Maddie Wright's going to go a long way. But after this, we've got a University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. Um, we're going to hit them up uh, 2 p.m. today, uh, part of this <clears throat> doubleheader. We'll hit them up 2 p.m. today, the part, second part of our doubleheader, and then we'll play them again tomorrow morning, followed by University of North Texas Saturday night, and then University of North Texas for the final game of the tournament Sunday morning. Uh, there's a, not that many games before Big 12 plays, so Coach Schneider is doing a really good job here, has a lot of good opportunities to kind of hone in what he wants this team to be efficient at uh as we get into big 12 play because like i said even though we were picked sixth or seventh i wish i could remember uh in that big 12 preseason poll i do think this team is better than sixth or seventh i do think this is a team that could vie for fifth and if we have a really good year fourth so there's a lot of exciting softball coming up we will be covering it uh of course this is a semi-long season so there's a lot to talk about We'll probably hit this once a week, obviously, um, giving you the recaps and the previews as we go. But that is pretty much it right now. Again, we have the Big 12 Indoor Track and Field Tournament. Expect a uh, expect a men and women's championship. Expect a double Big 12 championship today or tomorrow. I think that both these programs are really good. Your Lady Raiders, although on a six-game losing streak, had a cultural-defining uh, excuse me, a culture-defining uh, game against Texas, hoping that they can carry that into the Cincinnati Retribution game and win against the Bearcats. And, of course, your Texas Tech softball team is currently 7-3 uh, and three on the season with a really impressive loss. And, of course, I, Albert hates to say stuff like that, but a really impressive loss against number 4 Florida State in Tallahassee. Um, looking good right now in Lubbock, Texas. So, if you're in town, go check out the Big 12 Championship uh, indoor. It's a great facility if you haven't been there yet. Um, be cool to see some of these top-tier athletes. But uh, for myself, that is the people's champ. This has been Tortillas and Takes, part of the 1012 Network. And as always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.